Hello, hello, hello. This is Gouda Murder, a podcast about sharp kills and cheesy thrills. Listen in on a group of gals talking true crime and all things cheese. Hey, cheese bags, it is your Gouda Gal Coda, and I am flying solo today, but I have a full length episode for you guys. Our schedules just didn't line up this time when we did some recording, so Keely and Kelly did their episode together, and I believe they have a cheese break for me, so hopefully we'll get that in there too, but I'm not going to lie to you, I'm by myself today, so you just won't have my lovely ladies in the background to chime in on my story, but hopefully you still enjoy this one, and we won't have any of these um, odd duck episodes in the future, knock on wood. But this week, uh, we went to New Orleans, New Orleans, and I've decided to pick this weird, um, I had never heard of, kind of crazy story. Um, It's called Clay the Serial Killer. (laughs) And in August of 1997, August 13th to be exact, This caller from New Orleans rang into Howard Stern's radio show, the Howard Stern Show. Um, This man told Howard and Howard's co-host Robin to call him Clay. Uh, Originally, he calls in, he says, hey, I kill prostitutes. So Howard takes the call thinking, yeah, this guy's just, you know, a nut job. Because he always had crazies calling in. But anyway, he said, all right, Ed, go ahead, tell us the story. And, And this guy says, I'm not Ed. I never said my name was Ed. Call me Clay. Okay, Clay. So you kill people, huh? And then Robin and Howard start asking questions, and Clay explains that, yeah, he's killed 12 prostitutes, and then starts divulging details about how and where he does the killings. He says he kills um, a couple of them in a parking garage, but most of them are out in the middle of nowhere on the sides of the road. He also told Howard that when he first started killing, he was 16, and it was planned. He didn't just accidentally kill somebody. He he wanted to do this. He wanted to be an infamous serial killer. He also wanted to have a calling card. He wanted to do thumb paintings with the thumbs of these women that he had killed. Uh, But that never ended up happening. He didn't go through with that. Instead, his calling card was just leaving money with the prostitutes, for services rendered, shall we say, before their demise. It starts out, you know, like any other crazy caller, uh, but after he's talking for a while, Howard and Robin catch on that this might be the real deal. And they start asking questions that could possibly lead authorities to catching this guy. Throughout the call, Clay casually tells Howard and Robin that, yeah, he's got a couple kids, He was never abused as a child. He never killed or tortured small animals. So he didn't have that typical psycho serial killer attribute as a kid. Um, But he just does it for the power. He likes it for the power. And Howard even asked him, he's like, do you find it arousing to do this? And he said, you know, it's not really for that, but I, I have thought about it later on. You know, a.k.a. when he's pleasuring himself, he was thinking about how he killed these women. So, like any sick freak. (laughs) Um, But Howard attempted to get details and and even asked Clay 
if there was any way that he could get him to confess. And of course, Clay says no. But he does get a few details. He says that um, he's white. Clay says, yeah, I'm white. And it was funny because, you know, the suspect in the death of a couple of these women that have been found already is a black police officer. They think it's this black cop. And that was a detail that was true, but it hadn't been given to the public yet. And that is one of the things that led the authorities to believe that Clay really was connected to these deaths. He also tells Howard he has no tattoos. He would never do that to himself. He's got an all right job, nothing fancy like Howard and Robin. And of course, Robin and Howard start laughing like, well, this isn't even a real job. <laughs> um, but they ask him, are you married? You, are you with your, your kid's mom? He's like, no, I'm, I'm not married. He tells Howard and Robin that he doesn't even always have sex with the prostitutes before he does it. He's actually let a few go. He pities the ones that seem innocent and lets them go. The day after that phone call, the FBI contacted Howard Stern and took a copy of the recording for evidence. And that's where I'm going to stop. I'm going to let Kelly take it away for a cheese break. Enjoy. All right, all right, all right. It is the cheese break to code a story attack. Uh, wait, uh, that doesn't sound great, but it's not an attack. Where is Coda? That's a great question. Coda, where are you? You're not here with us. We are. It is a unique, unique <laughs> evening of recording where uh, our lovely Coda lady, our Gouda, our Gouda gal, is not here recording with us. She is recording separately, and Keely and I are in the Barbie house recording some some info, and we're going to be splicing together if, uh, I'm sure Coda's already said that. Um, so we are separately recording this cheese break. So unfortunately, Coda is not here to commentary and she is without us for commentary for her portion. But we digress. The show must go on. We're, we're all still trying like, the same cheese. We're all trying the same cheese. Louisiana cheese. How exciting are you, Keely? I am intrigued. <laughs> you How you, exciting are I? <laughs> you, that was a very enthusiastic uh, exclamation. So, uh, Louisiana, um, to put it bluntly, is the land of some spices. It is some fun facts about Louisiana, um, just so you kids, cats, know. Uh, Louisiana is famous, bleh, oh my goodness, famous for its Cajun and Creole cuisine, mm-hmm. Mardi Gras, bleh, uh, its diverse culture and heritage. Uh, the bayous, jazz music, and it is uh, rightfully so the birthplace of American blues and cheese. Show there me are your boobs for some beads. There you go, boob cheese. Boob Wait, cheese beads. Boob cheese beads. Hmm. I don't know about that. Gross. <laughs> if somebody threw cheese at me after I showed them the boobies, I would with that. I wouldn't be upset. Like I, I'm imagining it being like shredded cheese though, <laughs> like confetti. Wait. <laughs> Like, obviously, I'm not going to eat any of it because it's just, you know, Why been like... Why the fuck did you just pull shredded cheese out of your pocket? Mm-hmm. I'm excited to That's see all you. I had. I ran out of beads, but I have plenty of cheese. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, Louisiana, if you did not already know this, uh, Louisiana was actually named after King Louis or one of the King Louis. Can't tell you which one. Uh, there's like a gazillion of them. Uh, actually, no, I can tell you. It, it was King Louis the Fourteenth. X oh X one X I V. That's fourteen, or is that? I think so. 
I know V is five. I think X I V is fourteen. Either that or it's or like twenty something. I think it's Louis the Fourteenth. Um, You're correct. Bazinga. 14. Louis King Louis XIV, uh, when the land was claimed for France back in 1682. Uh, so, I mean, Louisiana has very, very southern, I mean, it's a southern state, but it has uh, French influences, mm-hmm. such as in their cuisine, um, some of their languages, their cities, uh, and it's, it's just beautiful. I have not been lucky enough to go to Louisiana, to go down to some, some nether parts, you know. Mm-mm. Elephant in the room, New Orleans. Hello, Mardi Gras, Party City. But um, there's a lot of lot of history. I've I've had friends go down there, and they always tell me two things: amazing uh, historical areas, mm-hmm. and even more amazing food. Yes. So today we're talking about some Louisiana food, some, some Louisiana inspired cheese. Of course, I was not able to go to Louisiana and pick up said cheese. Wow. But I found some cheese that had Louisiana in the name, and I think that's a great tribute. So we have today Henning's Wisconsin Cheese. It's a cheddar, Louisiana, and I'm going to butcher this, um, La, La, Niap, La Napie. I think it's French. It's L-A-G-N-I-A-P-P-E. I should have looked up the phonetic uh, pronunciation, but of course I don't do that. I just butcher it for all you cool cats. It's L-A-G-N-I-A-P-P-E. How does it, how do you pronounce that, Keely? Lenyap. <laughs> See, it wasn't even fucking close. Louisiana Lenyap. Lenyap. Sounds awful in English. <laughs> well, you know, it has a, it, it, I'm sure it's beautiful with a, with a nice Southern French draw. Yeah. So Louisiana Lenyap, cheddar cheese, uh, literally on the package is something extra in every bite. Yes. Recipe ideas, Cajun burgers, baked potatoes, and pasta. We don't have any of those. Instead, instead, I decided with this interesting spicy cheese. It's like, I wouldn't say spicy. It's a zesty. It's mm-hmm. zest. Okay. Um, so, so Cajun um, seasonings are very, they are zesty. They're, they can be hot. They can be spicy. But like, you know, just like a, I would say a bland Cajun seasoning. And mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, kids. Um, but there is a lot of paprika, a lot of onion powder, garlic powder. Uh, there's different uh, variations of black pepper, white pepper, different types of peppers, mm-hmm. cayenne pepper. Um, even sometimes there's like even basil and thyme, oregano, a uh, whole bunch of mixtures. I don't know exactly the um, exact variances, but you get the idea. A lot of spice, a lot of kick. It's delicious. And same thing with this cheese tonight. So we have uh, literally in the ingredients, uh, this past this packaging says pasteurized milk, salt, crab boil liquid. <laughs> Whatever that is, I'm sure it's great. Natural and artificial flavor and um, paprika, cayenne pepper, natural flavor, garlic, onion, enzymes, and cultures. Because of course it's cheese, but that crab boil liquid. Yikes. Are you excited, Keely? I'm right. Okay, you should be. Because actually, I've already been eating this cheese, and it's actually really good. Wow! So. <laughs> um, no it's, element of surprise here. No element of surprise whatsoever. Uh, so, of course, it is going to be a cheddar. This is a cheddar cheese, but it is a seasoned cheddar cheese, Louisiana-style season. And so today, I was thinking, with this zest, um, one, we could either eat it with a plain wheat cracker, mm-hmm. or if we're feeling extra zesty, I do have chicken and a biscuit. And who doesn't love one of those? 
I'll do a half and half. Half and half. All right, cool. And these are thick baby slices or thick daddy slices. They're baby. They're like a quarter. I, I cut them about a quarter of an inch thick. If you kids out this there know how thick that is. Interesting smell. Yeah, it is a. It smells like it would be spicy. Mm-hmm. Like it reminds me of some of like our habanero or like our ghost pepper um, yeah. cheeses. It has that bite, that spice, spicy smell bite. But I would say it's more zesty flavoring because with the cheese, as you remember, cheese and dairy, the proteins in it will knock off the spiciness in any any mm-hmm. sort of pepper. So that's why a lot of like peppery or pepper cheeses are hot, but it's because of the cheese portion and if it's not as hot as it normally would. All right. So I'm just going to bite into it. I'm choosing, I'm choosing a chicken biscuit. You got a chicken biscuit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zesty. Yeah. Delicious. First bite. Yeah. I got a little bit of a like, there's a nice kick to it. Yeah. Nice. I would say a nice kick, mm-hmm. a nice bite. Uh-huh. I would not say, oh my God, this is so hot. My mouth's on fire. But there are some spice bitches out there that can't handle any sort of spice in which I would say heat of caution. We know who you are. <laughs> um, but me and Keely, we like, a, we like a spice. We like a little bit of heat, like a little flavor. Mm-hmm. And I think this definitely brings it in. I got this at our local grocery store again, Henning's Wisconsin Cheddar. Thank you. I mean, Wisconsin. Thank you so much for your plethora of cheeses. However, I'm, I'm play, playing tribute to Louisiana and all of your variety of flavors, your culture, your heritage. You're just slamming bamming into this cheese right now. And we're thinking of you. And we're thinking of Coda. Seems that she's not here tonight. And uh, hopefully she's enjoying this cheese as much as we are. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to hear more of what she has to Go on with her case. See, Rizzo likes the cheese. It's not even Rizzo. Oh, that's Buddy. <laughs> you got too many t- tabby cats. You got you got too many, as in just two that look very much alike. Um, no, Buddy, good job, good job. All right, well, you like it. not to uh, take you away from Coda Store any longer. We're gonna be snagging on this zesty cheese, and uh, hopefully, you guys feel free to check it out again. Louisiana, how do I say it again? Louisiana, Lapin. What did it say? Lanyap. That sounds so much easier than what the word actually looks like. <laughs> Louisiana Lanyap cheddar cheese. Boom. Find it. Get it. It'll be a great hit at your next get together. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And I am sure that cheese break was absolutely wonderful. I know it was good on my end. They did give me a little goodie bag to have for myself. So the cheese was good. But I do miss the banter of my ladies while I'm eating it. It's just not the same. Now there is speculation that Clay is really a man named Russell Elwood. And Elwood was a taxi driver in New Orleans in the 90s. He was arrested on March 4th, 1998 for the murder of 30-year-old Cheryl Lewis. Lewis was one of 26 women, many of whom were prostitutes, whose bodies were found in swampy areas around New Orleans from 91 to about 96. Police suspected Elwood of 15 other murders and no other arrests were attempted or made. Elwood did a stint in Florida jail in the early 90s for a cocaine charge. And while he was there, he told an inmate that he enjoyed having sex with people who were under the influence of drugs because they didn't have control of their bodies. That inmate told investigators that confession after Elwood was released. 
He went to stay with family in Ohio. Authorities first put Elwood on their list of suspects when two officers found Elwood parked on the side of the road near the dumping site of Cheryl Lewis and another woman, Dolores Mack. His excuse that he told police that he was changing the oil in his car. He didn't want to get caught dumping that dirty oil where it didn't belong. So he decided to do it on the side of the road in BFE in the middle of the night. Not sketchy at all. (laughs) It's known that killers often return to their crime scenes, so authorities put Elwood on their list. However, after his arrest, Elwood's attorney claimed Elwood was just a man looking for attention. And his meticulous record-keeping could have proved he wasn't responsible for Lewis and Max murders. Elwood kept all of his receipts, but there happened to be a two-week gap when he was in Ohio with family, the same time those women were found. Elwood's attorney believed the police destroyed those receipts to destroy Elwood's alibi. On February 24, 1999, one of Elwood's murder charges was dropped the charge for Dolores Mack. He actually was in Ohio when Dolores was killed, and Russell Elwood was ultimately charged with the murder of Cheryl Lewis and sentenced to the life in prison without parole. The other murders remain unsolved. Now, back to Clay's detail of a black police officer being a suspect in some of those murders, that was true. Victor Gant became an officer in 1980. He was a New Orleans native and spent his youth in Algiers, where many of the victims lived or were kidnapped from. Gant had a reputation for being a dirty cop, and he hung out with prostitutes and pimps and was known for racketeering. In 1994, Gant's roommate, Sharon Robinson, reported Gant for abuse, stating that he had punched her in the face and broke her nose. Gant denied it, saying he pushed her, but she broke her nose when she fell into a chair. Robinson's children witnessed the beating, and the emergency room doctor agreed that the injuries were from being hit, not from a fall. In 1995, a disciplinary hearing was scheduled to determine Gant's punishment. Sharon Robinson was supposed to be the key witness, but she was found dead on May 1st of that year. Gant was accused of killing Robinson and her friend Karen Ivester, who was a prostitute, and DNA was submitted for testing. But, not a big shock to me, the results came back inconclusive, and Gant was never charged. He was dismissed from the the force in 1996, but was never charged, and I don't find that surprising, actually, because I'm sure he had fingers in the cookie jar somewhere, and he he got away with it. So, do I believe he was responsible for all of those murders? Eh, I don't know. That Clay guy seemed pretty convincing. I guess we'll never know. But, look it up. Go to, um, you can find the whole video of that phone call of Clay calling into Howard Stern um, on either uh, Clay the Serial Killer Unresolved or on NewsTalk870.am. 
you can listen to the whole thing. Uh, well, actually, I should I take that back. They have a shortened, um, edited version on News Talk 870.am, but the whole thing is on the Unresolved website. You can just type in Clay the Serial Killer and then scroll down, and it has a full 17-minute clip where Howard is asking all these questions, and it's a very casual conversation. It's weird. This guy is just so calm and cool and collected. You can tell he's maybe a little, you know, heartbeat going, maybe a little winded from him talking about it because he says to Howard that this is the first time he's ever told anybody. So maybe his adrenaline was pumping while he was telling Howard how he did it and what he did, and I guess we'll never know. But uh, the Elwood guy, he fit the description more of Clay. And obviously, you know, he, he Clay told him, yeah, they think it's this black cop. So he there must have been someone else, like authorities thought. There was multiple people because that was a lot of deaths. There was 15 murders that um, Russell Elwood was suspected of only charged with one, but 24 total. There's bodies pulled out from New Orleans throughout the 90s, all kinds. But I definitely recommend listening to that phone call. It's crazy. I sat and listened to it a couple times. It's just amazing. You know, I'm, I'm wondering what people thought back then if they were listening to the radio, listening to Howard Stern's show, and all of a sudden this guy calls in. I'm sure people are like, yeah, all right, nut job. And then they're like, holy shit. Excuse my French. (laughs) But holy crap. This guy might actually be a murderer. He's a serial killer. He's crazy. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed my my short little solo flight here. Um, Next time I will be with my Gouda gals because I miss them. And and it's just not the same by yourself. Like always, listen in every week. We post new episodes. Um, You will be listening to Keely's gruesome story of Delphine LaLaurie. She did a little historical lesson for you about that most murderous woman in New Orleans history. So you'll listen to her and then you listen to this one and just always let us know what you think. If you come up with any other ideas, any other locations, any stories, anything, let us know. We have... An email that you can shoot us messages at gouda.murder at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Gouda Murder Podcast Official. We have Instagram and we have TikTok. So let us know. We love hearing from you. Good or bad. It's a learning experience. We can take the criticism. And as always, stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs>